leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity Leadership, where we talk to cybersecurity leaders about how they develop future talent and what's needed to be successful as a cybersecurity leader. Today, we have Jim Rupp joining us. Jim, would you like to give us a little bit of background about yourself? Certainly. So I've been in cyber and tech for about 28 years. I'm currently the CIO and CISO of the Dana Foundation located in New York City. We're an endowment-based foundation that focuses on neuroscience and society, neuroethics, and possibly AI ethics for this coming year. Most of my background was in, was in healthcare, finance, pharmaceutical over the years. I've been focused on cyber primarily for the past 21, 22 years. As you grew in your career, why did you want to become a leader versus staying an individual contributor? There was the altruistic reasons, and then there were some of the more obvious reasons. So I always got a lot of validation internally and also a lot of satisfaction from helping others to grow and trying to follow the path that I did, essentially, and to be able to support and teach a lot of up-and-coming folks that looked like they had the potential to become future leaders as well. And then uh, the obvious reasons, obviously, there's more career advancement opportunities, more me and, and the like. So not 100% altruistic. What was some of the critical skills you? Oh, sorry, you're, the static is back. Unfortunately, now it's, there's an echo there. I think you catch it. What were the critical skills needed for you to be a cybersecurity leader? Critical skills, oh, number one, and this is true in any area of life, ownership. You have to own your environment. You have to be the final place where the buck stops. That's number one. And then constant never-ending improvement, education, understanding your environment, be willing to seek out additional education, network with fellow peers, really have your finger on the pulse of what's going on both in your industry and your particular industry, and then also cyber and tech in general. I think there's no way, given the current macro, macro environment in terms of cyber and all the challenges that we've had and still continue to have, and there seems to be no end, that you have to be totally focused on personal improvement, educational improvement, and, and be willing to give back to the community. I think it's all, it completes a circle. One of the skills that comes up a lot is delegation. What would be your comfort level with delegation on a scale of one to five? And why is it such a critical skill? 
five being the most comfortable, I assume. Yeah, I would say a four, given understanding of the folks that I'm delegating to, how competent they are in being able to take ownership of whatever I delegate to them. I think that's one of the things that takes a little bit more time in terms of training the next generation of leaders is getting them to understand that once they move from individual contributor to leader, is that now ownership is implied there. And it's no longer, hey, you need to tell me everything I need to do to. This is what the end result needs to be. And you have to basically take control of that and figure out how you're going to get it done, essentially, or own it to its completion. Once we, I mean, typically you'll get a couple of false starts, as it were, for some folks, even ones that are looking like they have the potential to become great leaders. But that's all part of the game, I think. Even today, all these years later, I run into situations where I need effective counsel for certain things. So you've got to take an open-minded approach, but you have to toe the line in terms of being able to cut the line, as it were, with things that you that you don't. When it comes to your comfort level with collaboration, how would you rate your comfort level and why? Collaboration happens in multiple ways, both cross-organizationally, Outside, externally, internally, up and down the chain of command, as it were, interdepartmentally, it's multi-matrix. I think delegation is a one-to-one or one-to-many type of situation where you're, where you have a point, an ultimate point of responsibility myself, and the, uh, the down delegation or delegations that occur, essentially they all point back to myself, whereas I think of collaboration as a constant, never-ending exercise with, and it can happen in any different direction. It's a clear delineation there in my mind. Uh, it took a number of years to get comfortable, but now very comfortable indeed. I, it's more, it's less of an uncomfortable situation as it is a necessity, especially now because, especially in the early years when I was working in cyber, it was very hard to find a peer outside of an organization or even inside an organization that was willing to really have a frank discussion about cyber defenses or cyber postures or what have you, the attitude was more or less, if I give that information away, then I'm exposing myself to some risk. It's been really heartwarming to see the entire ecosystem across multiple industries, across multiple specialties, start to come together in a number of these affinity groups, and that's facilitating co- collaboration to the nth degree at this point. I would say I'm, even after all these years of try, of trying to hone communication skills and learn different ways of, of trying to handle conflicts and the like and some of these more difficult aspects of communication, I'd say around a four. I think I would say as early as 10 or 11 years ago, I put myself at a two or a three. I, taking on an uncomfortable situation has definitely increased how the improvement level because you're going to have to fail with some of these things before you get better. And being willing to speak at different events and host different events like we do in terms of some of our other external affinity groups, that speeds up the learning process because it speeds up your, the easy failures to overcome process. Well, again, like anything else, you keep working at it. And I feel if I don't work at it for a certain amount of time, you start to lose or start to regress some of the skills that you've gained. So I would never say I'm... I would probably never comfortably say I'll ever hit a five because I'm always willing to learn and to kind of tackle the difficult situations. And there's a lot of landmines when it comes to certain types of communications, as we've both seen. 
influence is vitally critical to have any success in your organization. And I say influence, the bedrock of influence is really credibility. And that's one of the things that a lot of leaders need to learn that it's easier to have, a, to be able to build a credible set of experiences, history, successes, what have you, that leverages up your influence in the organization without a lot of extra effort or a lot of extra justification that may not have that type of backing. To me, that's been critical, especially at Dana. I think it's the early successes, building credibility, and that levered up my influence. There's an old saying, what you do speaks so loudly that what you say, I can't hear. And I think that's that is encapsulates influence. It's, folks are looking at what you've done, not necessarily what you were saying. I think the strength of your possibility, the strength of your career, the strength of your future depends on not only yourself, but the efforts of yourself and your squad, your team, your other, and not just internally in your organization, but also externally. And I think the ability to have influence up and cross in all these areas that's only going to be helpful, but I think you have to be willing in a networking situation to understand that you have to be willing to provide value first. So you have to be the one, and that's a leadership capability, foundational principle. You have to be willing to be able to add value first in any situation before you can necessarily reap the benefits of that. And I think what a lot of folks see in networking, what I've seen personally is it usually takes 10 units of effort to produce one unit of result in the beginning. Down the road, as you build these networks and you get better at it, one unit of effort can now start to produce 10 units of result. So it's flipping, but I think folks are looking for, I would say, a quid pro quo type of situation when they start out learning how to network properly. They're looking for that type of situation right off the bat. And I think that's flawed thinking. And I think it's a personal journey like any other journey, whether you're trying to learn a new skill or you're trying to move to a different situation, both career and otherwise. Take advantage of the plethora of resources out there. There are a number of different affinity groups for whatever level of, of life that you're at in terms of your career. There's tons of opportunities to give back to those these communities, and there's plenty of folks that are willing to help you out as well. But again, back to my last point, you have to be willing to add some value. And I think if you have come in with the right mindset from that perspective, uh, you're going to have a lot of success. Now, in terms of education, I'm a firm believer you never stop learning, whether that be, it could be a certification, it could be courses, it could be live exercises, whatever they have to be. And then just whatever it takes in your specific organization to gain credibility and influence as you've spoken. Those are the three pillars, I would say, keep you moving forward. Chris, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.